This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I am your host, Brett Gilliland. Today, I've got Olympic athlete, Annie Coons. How you doing, Annie? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It's so good to have you. You are, uh, we just did a little talking before we started recording here. You're back in the grind now, back in the saddle, getting ready for the qualifying for the, uh, qualifying for the next Olympics and uh, yeah. world championships and all that stuff, right? Yep. I'm back on the grind. Uh, I've been, I went on vacation and so I feel like I was good. I kind of got my mind right and ready to get, get after it and jump back awesome. in the saddle. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, you are a, uh, I guess they call them heptathletes. Is that is that yeah. the proper way to say this? Heptathletes. Yes, well done. Most yeah. people mess that up at least twice. So well done. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got you know on my wall what you don't see over here is a great quote. It says, "I didn't train to be the second best. I trained to be the best." And it's uh, you've probably heard of this person. It's called uh, her name is Jackie Joyner Kersey. I have heard of her. <laughs> yes, you probably have heard of her in your uh, profession. So she lives here and by close to us. Has been on the podcast a few times and uh, dear friend. She's just awesome and so. So oh, awesome. I've got a picture I, of her up there that says that I didn't train to be second best. I trained to be the best. I love that. Uh, she's amazing. I, I work with her brother, Al, all the time. He's been like my oh, biggest sure. fan and uh, he's down at the center and has helped me tremendously over the years. So I love that. Oh, family. Very right. cool. <laughs> well, I have to tell her that. That's awesome. So, um, well, you are, like I said, Olympic athlete in the heptathlon. For those that don't know, that is seven disciplines, uh, not just going out and running one race. You're doing seven different things, which is amazing. We'll dive into that. Mm-hmm. I got to say this. You went to Texas A&M. You are an Aggie. We got some friends. We got some families that are Aggies, so they will Gigo, love that. <laughs> you guys do some sort of symbol thing. I don't know what Thumbs you do. Up. but you do. Lame, yeah, there but you go. It means a lot. Okay. <laughs> I thought they did something different, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, and then you were in the 20, I call it the 2020, but really yeah. the 2021 uh, Summer Olympics for Tokyo with COVID. So, uh, but why don't you, if you can, Annie, just kind of a, give us a little background on what's made you the woman you are today and the desire to, to go to the level that you've gone to. Yeah, so I, I started both track and soccer when I was pretty much since, since I could walk. Um, I was two and my mom threw me in the 50 yard dash. My siblings were like eight and a half and 10 years older. So I got dragged <laughs> in and I was tall for my age. So I got thrown in the 50 yard dash when I was two years old. Um, and then I started soccer when I was three years old. So I've done both track and soccer through my career up until uh, my fifth year at AM. and um, okay. So I did both in college and soccer was actually my primary sport um, up until I was about 22 years old. Wow. Um, yeah. So I was a soccer player, um, team sport girl. I loved it. Um, I thought I was going to go pro after, so- after college. Um, 
my coaches really encouraged me to redshirt a year to go from spring soccer into our senior fall. We knew we were going to be good that year. Um, we wanted to make a run for final four for the first time in college in our, in uh, school history. And we ended up doing that. I redshirted, I took a year off the track. Um, and then, so the year after that is where I really fell in love with track and field all over again and, and kind of opened my eyes to the potential that was there that I didn't really realize. Um, it was the first time in my life. I just dedicated all of my time and effort into track and field. Um, prior, I was always the soccer girl that did track that kind of jumped in here and there and my yeah. money was for soccer. And so, um, that year I qualified for the, the Rio Olympic trials, um, didn't expect to do so. I think I was 22nd going in, ended up finishing eighth overall, um, and got recruited from there to move out to California and train full-time to try to make the next, the Tokyo team. And, um, wow. so I've been out here ever since and wouldn't change a thing. And it's been a bumpy, crazy, amazing journey that I wouldn't trade for anything. That's awesome. I didn't realize, I guess when I do my research, I didn't, I just looked at the, the track part. I didn't know. Yeah. The most soccer people part. don't really now, cool. which, is, which is so funny. Cause I was known as the soccer girl for so long and now people are like, Hey, you did soccer. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So you miss the soccer. Um, I do. I miss parts of it. I, I love, you know, the team, there's something about team sports and winning as a team. That's so special. Um, and some of my best friends to this day are from soccer. So I think I miss that aspect of it. Games are always fun, but I'm much happier as a whole in track and field. Yeah. So explain to us, uh, us people that don't do the heptathlon every single day, what, what are the seven sports? What's that discipline? What do you enjoy? What's the toughest for you? All that stuff. So the heptathlon is split over two days. Day one is the hundred meter hurdles. Um, the high jump shot put in the 200 and then you switch gears on day two and go do long jump javelin in the 800. Um, I, in high school, I did the hurdles. I did the jumps. I was throwing the four by two. So they thought I'd be a good heptathlete. Had no idea what the 800 was or until my first, <laughs> first heptathlon and my freshman year at AM, And I was like, what did I get myself into? Um, so the 800 is definitely my least favorite. And I'm pretty sure that's like a unanimous thing within the heptathlon. No one looks forward to the 800. Um, it's just one of the hardest races there is. Especially if you're used opinion. to being a sprinter, right? And then to go out there right. and now I got to run a long distance. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a quite and different just, deal. I'm not an endurance girl. Like I, it's not in my genes. <laughs> um, so I definitely have to work a lot harder to, to get better at that event. It doesn't come naturally whatsoever. Um, so that's soccer probably help with that though. I mean, you're running nonstop in soccer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, every, they definitely complement each other, um, track and field and soccer, but I, but even, I, I mean, I failed my fitness test in soccer, like three out of the four years. So it's not <laughs> like I'm crushing it in the endurance category. Um, and then my best event is, uh, shot put actually, I broke Jackie's, uh, shot put Olympic trials record, uh, oh, this wow. year, which was, which was cool. I never thought I could break any of her records. So to have one of them is pretty cool to me because I've just, you know, that's a name that as a heptathlete, you just, it feels untouchable. Um, so that was super cool. And then probably my favorites are high, uh, hurdles, probably hurdles and long jump. Um, our long jumps definitely become a new love of mine for sure in the heptathlon. Very cool. So let's talk about this now, this grind or whatever we want to call it, right? This, this uh, journey that you're on to get to another Olympics. I mean, that, that is something for me, people listen to the show. know I like to talk about mindset and the grind and daily yeah. habits and disciplines and all that stuff. And I can't think of a more 
disciplined thing than you athletes that are waiting every four years to get your, I mean, you get moments, right? You get the world championships, you get, but the moment, right? Like your quote unquote, Super Bowl is every four years. Right. And and so what is that like mentally and physically to do the grind for that long? Man, it's a grind. (laughs) Let me tell you, um, you know, it's a lot of saying no to things. It's a lot of, you know, missing Mm. events that you would, you wouldn't like weddings or, um, just things with friends on the weekends. And it's a lot of saying no, it's a lot of sacrifice. Um, and not only for me, but like my family too, you know, my, my boyfriend is every step of the way. It's a, it's a total collaboration thing. Like it, 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 it's a lot of sacrifice. Um, but in, in that, I feel like I have grown in a way that I never would have before, um, going through this process and this journey and, learning resiliency, learning grit, learning discipline, learning how to behave my way to success, even when I don't feel like it. Um, yeah, so I, think I love those, that comment. Yeah. Those are, those are things that, you know, you don't, it, sometimes you don't learn in life. And I'm just super grateful to have an experience like training for the Olympics and making this team that have taught me those life lessons. You know, it's like, I, I, I learned it trying to get this goal, but those are lessons that'll right. take with me my entire life when I get a job next and with my family and uh, my relationship. So it's really just taught me these foundational things that I'm super grateful for. Yeah. So when you say behavior way to success, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Gosh, I mean, there are days when you wake up and you're like, I don't feel like going on this run right now. I don't feel like eating healthy right now. I don't feel like being positive and, you know, motivating myself today, mm. but you just have to have systems in place that get you there. Cause you're not always, you can't listen to your feelings all the time. Cause I always say like emotions are liars. You can't believe them <laughs> half the time. They're just lying. Wow, to that's you. great. So, I, um, and I've worked a lot with that, with my mental coach this last year, um, year and a half to kind of change my thinking and put myself in that mentality where you kind of accept that you're not going to feel great every day. You're not going to feel like doing certain things every day, but if you behave your way to success, you you put systems in place. Okay. I have this routine. I'm going to have my supplements. I'm going to have, I'm going to meal plan. I'm going to have this. I'm going to eat this. Even if I don't really feel like it right now. Um, I'm going to show up at practice and I'm going to step on the line and I'm going to give it all I have. And I don't feel like doing it today. You just kind of have to accept that and behave your way, even when you don't want to. Yeah. I think that's for me, that's the thing I always think about for you. I mean, it's like literally you have a four year journey of you can't go have the five or six beers and a, and a large pepperoni (laughs) pizza, right? Like I'm assuming that over that four year period is not in the diet. Is, yeah. that, is that a fair statement or do you yeah, have I mean, the kind of the cheat day every now and then? Yeah, I have a cheat, I have a cheat, uh, cheat day every, every week. So on the weekends I'll have my okay. cheat meal, um, to kind of keep you sane. You, you kind of have to have a little bit of balance in that. Um, I have dark chocolate, like, you know, almost every night, which is probably not <laughs> the best, but, <laughs> but you know, like I have little things here and there that keep me sane because it, if you go too strict, it'll drive you nuts and it, it might push you to like go the opposite and just be like, okay, screw this. I'm going to go binge or right. whatever. So I think you need balance. Um, but drinking, I think, I mean, I go nine months out of the year without taking a sip of alcohol. Um, and that, even that, I think, I, you know, alcohol is something I think people abuse. And I, I've, learned how to have fun without it because of this. And I go nine months out of the year without it. I'm like, gosh, I don't even need that anymore. I feel so much better without it. So 
I'm almost grateful for that. Cause I have a lot of friends that are in these habits that are not healthy that, yeah. um, you know, I just kind of have avoided because of what I do. Yeah. Your Saturday mornings feel a little different than some, some other <laughs> exactly. I'm like, I'm way more productive. Like those days that I have a couple of glasses of wine, like, this is not worth it. <laughs> Yeah. This is this. I feel terrible now. Yeah. And, and you said emotions are liars. I've never heard that. And I, I absolutely love that because it is yeah. true. And I, I say this on this show all the time, but also in the business world, people sometimes act like, Oh, I just get up every day. I'm so fired up and passionate about what I do. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I don't, sometimes I don't call BS to them on here, but it's like, sometimes I'm like, ah, I don't know. Cause I love yeah. what I do for a living. Right? right. But there are still days where it's tough. Yeah. And you got to get up. So whether you're on the track and you know, you're on the track or you're in the boardroom, right. there are moments that you got to fight through it. So what are those things like hacks, whatever you want to call them? Are there, are those things that you do? Is it something mm-hmm. you've written down? Is it just ingrained in you because you know, the mission of, of going to the Olympics? Like what is it that gets you through the days you don't want to do it? You know, I, um, definitely through the months, like as preparing for the Olympics and the, and the trials and everything, I really grounded myself through meditation. Um, like daily morning meditations would really kind of just set, set my intentions for the day. And even when I'm not feeling like it, it kind of be like, okay, well, like, what are my goals? Like, what am I working towards here? Like what, how can yeah. I get there today? Even though I don't feel like it, like what, what are the systems I can put in place today to get there, even though I'm not really feeling it. Um, and that just kind of grounds you and, and allows you to be more, more present in, in what you're doing that day. I think a lot of times, um, what takes us out of the moment we're in is like, you know, anxieties of the future or, or thinking about the past. And that kind of puts you in that depression state or that down state. Um, so really learning how to become present in the moment I'm in has been integral to my success and, and that mindset every day, even when I don't feel like it and meditation um, is really what my mental coach and I kind of base all of our training around. Um, and then I also do like a gratitude journal. So every morning I, I wake up and I, I write three things that I'm grateful for. Um, and that kind of puts things in perspective too, to be like, okay, life is not too bad. Like, like buck up and let's just get yeah. after it. That kind of puts you things in perspective and, and helps ground me as well. So I, gratitude is a thing that I, that is pretty foundational in my mindset and kind of puts me in the right headspace on those days. Yeah. So I, I love that because it's so many people come on here and people hear me say it all the time is you think about it. The, the two things you're talking about is meditation and gratitude. Those aren't necessarily in and of themselves, hard things to do, right? You're not right. saying go run 10 miles that way and yeah. come back <laughs> and swim for four hours, right? It's meditation. But as a, as a meditator myself, it is extremely mm-hmm. difficult for me. Like it was now I, I love it, but it, that, yeah. that five minutes sometimes oh, felt like true. five hours. Oh, I'm the same way. I, I, and it's one of those things that you kind of like, you're kind of dreading, like, you're like, okay, like, I know I, like, I don't feel like doing this. Like, I know I should, but I don't really want to. And then you do it and you're like, damn, that was the best thing I could have done for myself yep. today. Yeah. Like it was tough, but it, and it, but it's also like, you're growing in those moments and, and j- learning how to just sit and be still with yourself is really challenging. And so I think when you can kind of learn to love that and see what it does for you, it, it, it honestly has been probably the most important key to my success this last year. And I don't think I would have made the Olympic team prior to COVID because I hadn't worked on all that. I hadn't had my mental coach. It's amazing. I learned how to become present in the moment I'm in. I would get caught, especially with the heptathlon, you get co- so caught up in dang, I missed this there. That event didn't go well. And I'm, I'm in this other event. I'm thinking about the pr- previous one that I messed up and it takes me out of the event I'm in. And 
it can just be kind of a snowball effect there. So that has been so integral to um, just my success in the last year. Yeah. And it's great to hear you say that, that I, I, I would assume most people hear me say this about meditation, but to hear an Olympic athlete say, I would not be on the Olympic team if it wasn't for meditation. Like if that's yeah. not enough, like, Hey, <laughs> dude, driving down the road, go do it. Right. And yeah. it's not weak if you're just sitting there breathing. So I would ask you this, what right. does that process look like for you? Are you following an app? Do you mm -hmm. have like a breathing machine thing you're doing? Like, what are you using yeah. to, to get through that? Um, so I, I'm going to start, I haven't started up this season yet. I'll start up with my, uh, my mental coach probably in the next couple of weeks or so, but I do once a week minimum on like big meat weeks. I at least see, at least work with him twice a week. Um, and like an hour session, we start with the meditation and the beginning was more just foundational stuff, learning about meditation. Um, it was kind of like a six week course on meditation is what it felt like. to so kind of give me the basis of everything. Okay. And then we would start each session with a meditation, either led by him. Sometimes he would make me lead it, which is also really challenging and something that I would encourage to do, but it's also uncomfortable and, and learning how to be uncomfortable and, and yeah. figure that out was really interesting. Um, and then we kind of talked through just things that are popping up within practice or tra or my meets or whatever. Um, and kind of talk through that. And he's just helped me with my way of thinking and, and be, and learning how to be present, um, in each moment. And then my personal, personally, every morning I wake up and do like a five to 10 minute minute meditation, um, through insight timer is what I typically mm -hmm. use. That's what my mental coach, um, gave me. I've used headspace, but I like insight timer a little bit more. Yep. Um, and then I do my gratitude list and then it's honestly, I am constantly working through being present. And, um, it's not just a thing that you show up and on a meet day, you are going to do this. It's every single day in training, every single rep I'm sitting there, I'm going through my routine. I'm working on my breath. I'm doing my visualization. I'm clearing my mind. I'm setting, I'm grounding myself in that moment, um, to execute as best as I can. And so it's definitely a thing that doesn't really turn off. Um, which I'm super grateful for because now I've learned to have be more present in my life outside of track too, in my relationship with my friends, with, um, experiences. So it's something that I think you put those systems in place like every morning and it just becomes a part of your life and how you live. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a journal. I don't, it's, it's right over there. Actually, I would grab it, but I, I've got the, a weekly, you know, kind of a scorecard type thing, a daily cool. thing I go through a 90 day thing. And and I think the, the, the uniqueness or the, the specialty of that thing is doing it daily. Yeah. Right. It's not Which like, oh, I'll do challenge. it Monday and then I won't do it again until next Thursday and sporadically. And I think that's to your point. But one of the mm -hmm. things I use, I don't know if you've ever heard of this thing or not, but it's called AeroFit, A-I-R-O-F-I-T. No, I haven't. It's actually a breathing thing. You put, in your, you, you put it in your mouth and like, it's like a, you can dial it up to make it harder to inhale or harder to exhale. Oh, wow. And I'm telling you, I've been doing this thing for about three months now and it is unbelievable how my level of breathing, deep breathing, uh, has gotten better on meditation oh, just through doing it. So check it out. It's, it's, and I don't get paid to say that I, I'm literally has been a game changer for me. I've been one of these people. It's like short of breath. And I think it's because yeah. I'm just always moving. Well, not only the meditation, but that slowing down. And now it's harder for me to breathe in while well, I'm having to take deeper breaths. So it's actually strengthening the muscles in my, uh, you know, my That's lungs and everywhere else. 
super interesting. I'm definitely have to check that out. Cause we do, I do breath work, um, with my mental coach a lot. And like, we just different, th- like different types of breathing for different circumstances and stuff like that. Um, so that sounds super interesting. I'll check that out. Yeah. AeroFit, A I R O fit. It's, and then cool. there's an app that and it, the, the app walks you through like when to d- take a deep breath, when to hold your breath, when to hyperventilate. Window. Yeah. I mean, all this yeah. stuff. So yeah, yeah it's, yeah, it's awesome. Cool. So maybe one day they'll pay me to say that, but right now yeah. they're not. Uh, <laughs> <him>. <laughs> anyway, um, so let's talk about accountability. I mean, yeah. let, let's be clear, right? Sometimes you aren't just going to show up if it was just you, right? But you have, you've talked about your mental coach. You've probably got running coaches and shot put coaches and all these things, right? Yeah. So how important is accountability in our lives? Oh my gosh. I mean, it's, everything. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to look in the mirror and, and, and figure out if, if you're doing the things that you need to do to get to where you want to go. And so it's really easy to point the finger and, and come up with excuses. It's really freaking easy to do that. And I right. can say that from experience before I used to be, I used to lack a ton of accountability. And I think that was my Achilles heel and in, in becoming successful. And so I think for the first time in my life where this really hit home and I learned that lesson was when COVID hit because for the first time in my life, I'm out here with no coach, no one telling me what to do. Um, Mm. we can't get into gyms. There's a lot of easy ways out to be like, well, I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. Um, and I didn't, I really learned for the first time how badly I wanted this dream of mine. And I, I wasn't going to fall behind because of my circumstances. Um, and so that was when I, I was out there every single day through COVID by myself completely pushing myself for the first time in my life. And it made all the difference in the world to get me to jump ahead of the girls that I've been chasing for so long. Like I said, I was a soccer girl that played track. So I I switched my mentality during COVID to be like, okay, what can I do with this time? Like I can get so much better in this time. And this might be a time where other girls are maybe falling off or or not pushing themselves as hard. And I don't want to be one of those people. So it's like, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to be accountable for my time. And I'm going to, I'm going to use it to get better. And, and I did. And, um, it's been a huge lesson in accountability and, and how far that can take you. Yeah. When you, let's talk back uh, as a kid, right. Junior high, high school, all that stuff. Do you, I, I'm, I'm a quite bit older than you. I'm 44 years old. And so <laughs> sports were different when I was a kid, right. In junior high and high yeah. school than I think they are now. And so having four boys, it just seems like we're on this constant, got to be on this select team and you got to go to there yeah. and then that sports over and it's just nonstop. Right. And so talk to us parents, uh, of things that you, maybe your parents did well or didn't do well. I think they probably did yeah. do well. I read your dad may have a super bowl championship uh, in his house as well <laughs> yeah. for the Raiders. Uh, but, um, talk to us about that. What, what do we need to do as parents now to prepare our kids for the future Gosh, through sports? I mean- it is. I mean, even from when I was in middle school and high school, I feel like it's changed tremendously. It's become more intense. People, kids are kind of pigeonholed into one sport super young. And I didn't really have to face that until college. Um, so I think that's challenging because I look back at my childhood and I was such a well-rounded athlete because I did everything. I did tennis, I did golf, I did soccer, I did track, I did dance. I, did, I literally did everything. And I look back at my parents and how they kind of helped guide me they allowed me to make every decision for myself. They never pressured me one way or the other. They asked me what I wanted. And I had other friends who kind of, their parents made those decisions for them and they kind of resented them for it later. And they didn't love what they were doing because of that. 
And so I'm really grateful for that support where they allowed me to kind of be independent and make my own decisions, whether it was college, whether it was, I wanted to give up dance, whether I wanted to do both sports still, they, they were like, okay, like we'll figure out a way to make this work. If that's what you want, if you want to do both, they were in the same season in, in, um, Colorado track and soccer. So it was, it was a juggling match. It was really hard to balance, but they just supported me every step of the way. And for that, I'm super, super grateful. Um, and I, I just, I just got really lucky. They, they allowed me to make decisions for myself. And I think that's what kind of allowed me to stay motivated. And I, I never felt like I was doing it for anyone else, but myself. Yeah. That's awesome. Great feedback. Um, what, what do you do with the negative thinking? How do you overcome that? Um, so this is something I think has been super helpful for me where before I used to switch it from negative to positive thinking. And I think that's bullshit (laughs) 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 to be completely blunt. And I love it. Um, Tell me more. It's, it doesn't work for me. I'm not one of those people that, you know, can kind of fake the positivity. I really have switched it to just accepting, being accepting whatever is in that moment. If I'm like, if I'm not happy about this, whatever circumstance I'm in or this, or this rep we have to do, I'm like, all right, this sucks. And I'm going to accept that, but it's going to get me better. I don't have to switch my thinking and be like, oh, hey, this is the best day ever. I love, I'm so excited about this rep. It's like, just be accepting (laughs) of whatever moment you're in and then switch your focus to executing. So it's like, I think a lot of times I used to get stuck, especially in like hard workouts, like thinking about God, this sucks. Like I'm like, like this rep is hard. I'm, I'm tired. I'm whatever. And when you kind of stay in that mindset, it takes you out of executing. Whereas now I'm like, okay, pain is setting in. That's okay. That's normal. That's to be expected. Switch my, my focus to executing. So I'm like, okay, focus on my arms, focus on my breath. Um, so really just accepting things as they come and not trying so hard to switch it into this like positive mindset when you're not feeling that it's really just staying neutral. Um, a lot of like Ru- Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and, and that neutral mindset is kind of where I've switched yeah. my thinking. Um, and it's been really, really helpful. Have you read the book? Uh, speaking of that, where's it at? Hang on. It takes what it takes. Uh, it takes what it takes. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. And that's it's what so I, good. I, isn't it? It's so good. And, and just staying neutral and is, and a lot of that's kind of like they go hand in hand, the meditation stuff and the acceptance and staying neutral, I feel like is pretty much the same thing. Yeah. And that's kind of where I try to keep myself um, and not get too high either. Like when things are going well, you really just got to stay neutral and, and stay in the moment you're in because emotions can take you on this roller coaster. And I try to, to just accept yeah. them as they come and then switch my focus. Yeah. That author just passed away. Did you know that? I know. Sad. Terrible. So sad. No one even, I didn't, I didn't even know anything was going on. So that's really a big bummer. I feel like yeah. he's touched so many lives though, for sure. So yeah, uh, yeah. it was cool. Russell now. Wilson put the, uh, put his name and stuff on his shoes. on we saw that yeah. during the NFL game. I thought I that was did. pretty we're, awesome. We're a big Seahawks fan over here. So okay. <laughs> okay. That, yeah. Very cool. Um, so what, what would it be? So obviously working out and stuff like that, but, and again, yes, you are an Olympic athlete and you're at the top of the, the food chain from a health standpoint, but for those of us like me who, you know, everybody listen to this, mostly business people, we're not training for the Olympics, right. but what are some things that we need to focus on from an intake food, like anything there that you could share that you think is helpful for the everyday person? Yeah. I mean, I'm super passionate about nutrition and just because I've seen what it's done for my body. Um, 
I, I typically follow a grain-free diet, um, grain-free, dairy-free, soy-free, um, and corn-free. So those, and so like no gluten, nothing. Um, it's almost like the caveman diet. I'm like, if anyone follows me, like I joke that red meat is my love language. (laughs) Um, so I am like a huge advocate for red meat. I, when I, I started working with a metabolic analyst, um, about, let's see, what was 2019. Um, and in six weeks she switched. And at that time I thought I was in pretty good shape. I thought I was eating pretty healthy, but I was always tired. Like I would get to warm up on the day. I'm like, just dragging and just not feeling the energy that I needed. Um, and when I started working with her in six weeks, I lost like 5% body fat in, in just six weeks, which I didn't even realize was there to lose. Like I thought wow. it was in pretty good shape, but I just got like chiseled and strong and my energy levels just jumped tremendously. I just felt fueled properly. I was recovering better. And so she kind of put me what she does is she figures out like where your hormone deficiencies are and uh, what your, or your hormone imbalances are, what you're deficient in, and then puts you like on a protocol. That's pretty much like the caveman. It's like paleo basically. Um, but it's the way you eat and how you eat and when you eat. So I, I mean, I, for breakfast, I, I eat like a ribeye or a sirloin or Come on. a New York strip. I swear. I swear to you. That's what you're I, eating at seven 30 in the morning or whatever time I, you eat in the morning. I wake up and my mouth waters. Like it's weird at first. Like I promise it takes a few weeks to kind of get into it. But now I'm like, I crave meat in the morning. Um, but it just, it gets that protein up it, and then eggs oftentimes cause inflammation. So it gets my protein more uh, my, up my protein that I was needing. I was not eating enough protein. So I would say anyone that's not feeling great up your protein, because I just felt like light years better with my energy. And then she has me have nuts and then berries or like raspberries, blackberries, blueberries. Um, I have macadamia nuts and then kind of switching up what you're eating every day. So like people that eat the same thing every single day is going to cause a lot of inflammation. Hmm. Um, so I try to, to try to mix it up um, and kind of rotate things. So I'm not having the exact same thing every single day. And so what are you eating with your steak in the morning? I have like a handful of macadamia nuts and some raspberry else I had this morning, some macadamia nuts, some raspberries. Um, I drink my coffee after I eat because it's better for digestion. Um, and then I take a ton of supplements. I take like probably 13 pills in the morning and like eight at night, probably. Um, yeah, magnesium, zinc, uh, just a multivitamin, um, stuff for recovery. Um, I could talk for days about all this stuff, but I, <laughs> I'm still I blown say, away that you're eating steak for breakfast. That's yeah. Uh, you that's, can follow good. my metabolic analyst though. She's um, like at fast over 40 and she at fast over 40. 40. Yeah. She's incredible. And I, you know, she even her doctor, if he can't figure out what's wrong with people sends them to her. Cause she's just incredible. This is um, CM uh, Monteleone. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. Yep. Cynthia Monteleone. So uh, she's, she's got a new follow. Yeah. She, she will do her neighbors. She does Olympic athletes. She does everything. And so um, if you're looking for some kind of help in that category, she, it's everything just specific to you and what your body needs. Everyone's so different. Um, so I think that's what works the best for me. And, and I've seen, I mean, a ton of my success is because of her. <laughs> So you could work with her and not even be, I'm not in wherever she looks like she's maybe in Maui or something. Yeah. She's in Maui, but a lot of times, um, she'll come out to the States every now and then, but a lot of times you can just send her like your blood work and stuff like that. Yeah. She can figure out what's going on. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's a rider downer. 
she's going to also be asked to be on the uh, circuit of success podcast. Heck yeah. She's, <laughs> she's incredible. So I always ask this Annie to people is how many of the fears you've put in your mind have actually blown up to the magnitude you put them in your mind to be. Oh gosh. <laughs> that's a good, I always, that's funny. You ask say that because I, I'm an overthinker. I am like, you know, I'm going to go in these rabbit holes and, and that's just kind of like my personality. That's who I am. Um, and I, even just leading up to the Olympic trials, that was the biggest topic we talked about for weeks was this fear of not making the Olympic team Mm -hmm. and how I was gripping on so tightly to this like to not, to not the fear of not achieving that goal, I was, it it was detrimental to me. I it was really, I struggled with it for weeks prior to the Olympic trials. And I, when I finally just let go of that fear and allowed myself to just accept whatever was going to come, like I knew in my heart, I had given everything I had. I, I, I ate right. I, I sacrificed, I worked my butt off and whatever was going to happen was going to happen. But I was gripping on so tight because of that fear that it was getting in the way. Um, and so letting go of that is, it was just, it, it honestly allowed me to make the Olympic team and yeah. win the Olympic trials. I'll say win the Olympic trials, not just make the team. You won the Olympic trials. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, and I really, I, I really think it, it, because two days before I had this moment where like all three, like three months, it felt like my, my mental coach was talking to me about how I was gripping on so tight to this dream. And I, I'm like, but how do I let go of that? Like, I've been working for this for five years. How am I supposed to just let go of that expectation and let go and just let whatever happens happens. And, um, I finally did, I was able to like truthfully do that in my heart and I accepted whatever's going to come. And, and I was able to then just be present and not be in, in that, have those anxiety and that fear taking over my mind while I'm trying to compete and execute. Um, and it's like, when, and you look back and it's like, when does anyone ever look back and be like, dang, I'm really glad I worried about that. Like that was so worth it. (laughs) Like like that, no one, no one looked back and like, oh, that anxiety was worth it. That worrying about that fear was totally awesome use of my time. Like, and it totally came (laughs) true too, because it, yeah, it didn't. Yeah. I mean, all the things, and that's what most people talk about is they never, I mean, sometimes sure they do, but rarely does it ever come true to the magnitude you put it up there to be right. Right. Exactly. And it's like, you can't sit here and try to predict the future. Like we don't know what's going to happen. All you have is the moment you're in right now. So fears can, can feel paralyzing and and hard to let go of. But when you finally learn how to, it's, it's really liberating, honestly. (laughs) I love that. So what, um, what do you wish you had more time to do right now? So obviously the grind that you're on, what are are the passions that are out there for you? (laughs) Oh man. Um, you know, I feel, I wish I had a little bit more time to coach or to work with younger girls and, and, and younger athletes. Um, my time right now is I'm, I'm trying to work with the high school nearby, but oh, sorry, that's my dog. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Hold on. Let me so good. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I have a new puppy and she's not trained very well. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I wish if I had more time, I wish I could work with younger girls, younger athletes, um, and kind of, I just feel like I've learned so much in the, even just the last two years in my career that I mm. wish I would have known when I was even in high school and college, um, because it would have made my life a lot easier. And I feel like I would have been able to, um, just have a better mindset and know, and even just nutrition, things like that, that are 
really hard to come by. Even I've had so many nutritionists in my life um, that honestly weren't that helpful until I met Cynthia. And so even just things I've learned through that, I would love to give back to the younger kids and younger generations and try to help them, you know, get further quicker. <laughs> I love it. So are you taking notes and uh, writing all this stuff down? It's in your brain now, because that's what you're going to give on to the next generation. Yeah. You're, you're going to coach people, right? Are you writing all that stuff down? Oh, I would love to. I would love to coach. That's um, yeah. I think that would, I would love to do that for sure. So talk to us about this uh, new brand uh, that you represent, uh, Amorpho. Am I yeah. saying that correctly? Amorpho, yeah, uh, which is Greek for beautiful. Yeah. Tell me about that. so unbelievably grateful for this company, um, you know, especially in a smaller sport like track and field and being a heptathlete, the exposure isn't quite there as much. So sponsorships are rare. Um, and I was unsponsored up until, you know, the Olympics, basically. Um, I was an unsponsored athlete just trying to make it make do. And and the grind is really, really tough. Um, when can I I interrupt you real quick on that? So if it's okay to talk about this, I mean, so an unsponsored athlete means you literally are self funding you going to the Olympics versus somebody paying you to train. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, hundred percent. So I'm, I was at the training center, so I, I didn't have a ton of expenses. Like my insurance was covered. We get like a couple meals a day. Um, and then our travel was, was partially covered. Um, so I had a little bit of help, but yeah, for the most part, I was putting myself through, um, every paying for everything to, to support myself for five years on this journey to make the wow. team. I didn't have that financial support until I, until I accomplished that goal. Um, so to finally have about putting your money where your mouth is at. Yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, that teaches you too. It's like, gosh, I'm not making money. Like I, I really do love this and it, it teaches you a lot about yourself, but, um, and what hard work and, and all of those things. But I'm so now I'm just, I'm just super grateful because it is so tough. We're out there from, you know, 10 AM to four. So to find a part-time job is pretty, pretty hard um, with what yeah. I do. So just to have that base where I can have a little bit of support to continue to pursue this and not have that anxiety of, you know, paying the grocery bill yeah. <laughs> um, is super amazing. And I, they're just an amazing company. Um, it's just, you know, a lot of times you get lost in the, in the crowd and you're not valued as an athlete. And, and it really feels like a partnership with these guys. Um, they want our feedback. They were a huge part of the company and, um, so I'm just super grateful for them. It's a startup company, but it's, it's so innovative. It's weighted, um, uh, a pair, uh, workout apparel. So you can get more resistance, uh, without losing mobility in your workouts, burn more calorie calories, things like that. So I've been wearing it every day since, since I got all of my stuff and I am just stoked to see what it does for me. I'm excited. So that's, I'm looking at their uh, Instagram page right now. So yeah. these, you know, cool t-shirts, all these athletes working out, those shirts are weighted yeah so it's to micro make it loaded. harder for you to mm-hmm. so the little beads mm. that you see are micro loaded yeah. um anywhere from like one to five pounds i think are the pieces and um yeah it's just super innovative and cool and i'm surprised it's not out there already but i'm just grateful to be part of it and it's just it's honestly super intriguing too just the science behind it all that's awesome so they are uh, former nike executives right yeah. Yep. They are. So they know they may know a thing or two about uh, <laughs> athletic apparel. They've done. Okay. Sure. They've done just fine. Um, what advice would you have for those listening right now? Any advice that if you look back, you could tell yourself, you know, that five, seven years ago person, 
um, that Annie that was worried about this Olympic run. And now here you are, and now you're on the next Olympic run. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give her and then continue to state to yourself right now? Man, I would say, you know, patience, just be patient. Um, a lot of time, there was just months and years even where you have all this self-doubt wondering if, you know, you're made out to do what you're doing and, you know, if it's worth it or not. And so I would say patience and be present in the moment you're in, because no matter what, even if I didn't make the Olympic team, um, learning to be present has been such a liberating thing in my life. And every moment that you come across is going to make you better. You're going to grow in some way. And even if I didn't make the Olympic team, I've become a completely different Annie because of that journey. Yep. Um, so I would just say, be patient and enjoy the moment that you're in and, and try to just have fun. Because I think a lot of times I get too serious and life is not too serious. You just got to smile and have fun and be grateful for every moment that comes your way. And um, so I'm hoping to integrate those lessons that I would tell my younger self <laughs> on this run for Paris. <laughs> it's funny you say that my business partner, Tim Hammett and I, we always talk about laughing. Like you, you just got to laugh more, have yeah. fun. You know, it doesn't mean yeah. laugh like you're goofing off and not taking things serious, but let's just, right. let's have some fun while we're doing this too. We're on a business journey, but let's enjoy that. Let's have yeah. a lot of fun. Let's have a lot of laughter and, and uh, enjoy the moment. For sure. Is, uh, that's tough to that's do, why so. you get into this stuff in the first place. Cause you love it and you have fun with it. And right. so I guess right. you have to remind yourself of that sometimes. So where would you uh, recommend our listeners go to find more of uh, Annie Koontz? Oh man. Uh, well, my Instagram, I'm uh, Annie underscore Koontz seven. And then my Twitter is just Annie underscore Koontz. And then I feel like a geriatric trying to get involved in this, all this TikTok stuff. I know TikTok my kids now. just got me on TikTok literally like a week ago. I'm like, I'm terrible <laughs> at this and I don't understand it. Exactly. I feel the exact same way. So uh, bear with me. But if you do want to bear with me and be patient with me on TikTok, um, I'm Annie 6703 on there. So those are the three main ones that I'm on. I will put it on there right now. Uh, I'll go find you. We'll be TikTok friends. All right, perfect. We'll there learn you. along the way. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, Annie, it's been awesome having you on the circuit of success. Tons of takeaways for me, a couple pages of notes here. And I love the fact that you talked about, you can't always listen to your emotions. Uh, emotions are liars. The importance of accountability, the daily no miss of meditation and gratitude, just three things right? Three yeah. things that you're thankful for is we have so much to be blessed. So I appreciate you sharing Absolutely. all that wisdom with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story. Tune in next week for another episode of the Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.